This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, tomorrow night is a great night, a big night for Irish rugby. And Sunday is a big night for rugby in France and South Africa. Two quarterfinals of the World Cup. They're both expected to produce the finalists. And tomorrow night, Ireland face the All Blacks. The legends that are the All Blacks. We've done well against them recently, beating them three times. And, of course, tomorrow has another sort of meaning for us. We have, as an Irish team, lost a number of quarterfinals but hopefully this time it's different. To talk about it now, we're joined by Matt Williams. Matt's an Australian. He's a rugby coach of great renown. He reached the very top in Australia. He was director of rugby and head coach for the New South Wales club Waratah in the Super League. He coached Lanston and Ulster. He was also head coach with the Scottish national team, and he is now a broadcaster of some renown. And he's part of the Virgin Media team that has gained a real reputation during this World Cup for doing the very best of any broadcaster that we can access. Colleagues Jane Horgan, Bob Carney and Joe Malloy, the anchor, are all really exactly what you need in this most exciting competition that has captured the imagination of the Irish people. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Let me ask you first about the news from the All Blacks that they've dropped Mark Talia who one writer described as a try machine for obviously breaking the rules in terms of staying out later than he ought to have. Is that significant or is it proper order and it shows that they have confidence enough to drop this try machine or as that description rather overstate his abilities? He's a young lad, I understand. He is a try machine. Uh, Eamon, and a pleasure to join you as always. He is a phenomenal player. Eamon, I think, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is, when you are forced to drop someone uh, because they've broken team protocols, it's never a good thing. Uh, The New Zealand coach, Ian Foster, was trying to gloss over it, uh, as he should, saying, oh, it's just a small thing, it's a shame we had to do it. If you're dropping someone for a quarterfinal at the World Cup yeah, because they haven't done the right thing by whatever the team laws are, it's a big thing. 
and it's a distraction, it's a pain, everyone on the team is talking about it rather than what's going on and it's a, it's a bad sign. And, and quite often I feel so sorry for the coaches in this because the coaches upholding what the team have said is their standards and a player crazily just before a quarterfinal would break that. Now, look, we don't know if it's staying out late. We don't. He might have missed a team bus yeah. for training. He might have slept in. We're not suggesting it's it's anything to yeah. do with nightclubs or anything like that. But and that's usually what it is. Something small like that. Um, I, I'm always I'm always reminded of a great old mate of mine I played with. There was a wallaby called Mick Ellum, and when he became a coach, he said to me, "He said I don't have any rules." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, then if someone breaks them, I don't have to enforce them." Yeah. So, so the more rules you have, yeah. the more you have to yeah, break. Right. But, but interestingly, uh, Eamon, they've also left out an incredibly exciting young scrum half called Cam Roygaard on the replacement bench. He is not there. Uh, they picked Christy Redhead. Scrum up, a very good player, by the way, not, not a bad player. But Roygaard has been, a lot of us were talking about does Roygaard take the place of their long-term scrum half, Aaron Smith, even now. he is, Roygaard has been an absolute revelation. So the fact that he hasn't even made the bench is also, to me, very, very surprising. The, the one other aspect with the team that Foster has picked is its age. You've got Cody Taylor is 32, Retallick's 32, Ade is 30, Aaron Smith 34, Bowden Barrett 32, on the bench Dane Coles 36, and Sam Whitelock is 35. Right. And, you know, the the my experience going through with young teams and old teams is you get inconsistency. Yeah. A- and just what they, they, and and it's different for every player. You look at Sexton at his age, and he's he's playing sensational rugby. There just comes a tipping point in players' career where they lose that little bit of consistency in the really big consecutive games. Right, and I, I think that th- there's a number of factors that concern me about New Zealand, and there's never a weak New Zealand side. That's not what I'm saying, Eamon. This is a very very good New Zealand side who can win this match, but that there are worrying signs for New Zealand. Something that did strike me was the result against Italy, Six Nations, rivals of ours. Now, they do get beat regularly in the Six Nations by big scores, but nothing like the 90 points or so that New Zealand put past them. Is that significant? Uh, I, I think it's more and, – and you're right, Eamon, I was very surprised at that score. And then France came out um, in the last pool game and put 75 on them. Right. So, so look, it, I think it tells us more of – the heartbreak of Italy than it does the excellence of New Zealand. And New Zealand are an excellent side. Uh, Italy have taken had taken significant steps forward. They have internal, ridiculous internal uh, political problems there. They've sacked their coach who has taken them forward so far for no reason except he disagreed with the president because they've got a great academy system, probably the best academy system in the world, set up by an Irishman named Steve Abood. And, of course, once they have it set up and it starts producing quality players coming into the Italian national side. The president wants to dismantle it for political reasons. And, uh, you know, it was just madness. So it tells us more about Italy than it does about New Zealand. I think, I think the key, there's a couple of key aspects here when it comes, comes to the, to the black team here. Uh, In the last eight meetings they've had against Ireland, Ireland have won five. Now that's significant psychologically. Ireland have won the tournament, uh, the, three-game test series in New Zealand, one of only three teams in 120 years to do that. Um, and it 
it tells you of a changing of the guard in their relationship with Ireland, the rise of Irish rugby, and a slight decline, not we can't say a, a major decline, but a slight decline in New, in New Zealand rugby. New Zealand have uh, lost to France, they've lost to South Africa, they've lost to Argentina, and they've lost to um, Ireland. And let me say they should have been beaten by Australia, except for an appalling refereeing decision in the last moments last year that, that awarded them a victory. So let, let's, let's take the Australian one out of it. They've lost four significant games in the last 12 months, as has South Africa, by the way, South Africa a little bit more, where Ireland and France have not. Right. They last won it in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Just let me ask you, before we go any further, about the referee, Wayne Barnes of England. Referees are hugely important, aren't they, Yes. in rugby, particularly around scrums and in that area. Is there significance in him being the referee? But more important question to you is, you explained perfectly to us what we should expect from South Africa, and it came to pass, really, and same against Scotland. What is different that we'll face? Is it raw ability? Is it strength? What about the scrummaging, line-outs? Everything. Everything. Right. (laughs) In a a nutshell, everything. Uh, Referee Barnes, look, I, I think... He has made some decisions against Irish teams over the years that I totally disagree with yes. and it has cost them uh, sig- uh, significantly. Do I think referee Barnes is a bad referee? No, I don't. Uh, he, he, and look, there's... All referees have their biases, don't yeah, they? Absolutely. The problem is our game, I mean, like it's, a, it's a big story, but a, a long story. We have far too many laws. The way we assess our referees is not the flow of the game. They are assessed in a negative way. So you start at 10, let's say, and you lose points for everything you miss. Yeah. So they blow everything. So we get no continuity, no flow of the game. And sometimes a referee will come away and say, that's a fabulous game, and the referee is marked terribly because he let the game flow and didn't yes. blow the whistle at every occasion. So it is the way they are assessed is the, is the absolute Bible thick book of laws we have around sure. the game and how they assess it. And, and, and of course, Referee Barnes is a lawyer by trade, so they, they need I say more. No. Um, and, and that is, a, is the problem with the referee. It doesn't matter what referee we'd have, we'd, we'd have the same thing, Chaco Piper, all these referees, because we can't have a New Zealander and obviously we can't have an Irish. We tend to get the French and the English. And, and, and I, I don't mind Referee Barnes, to be quite honest, and I can tell you that the New Zealanders dislike him as much as the Irish dislike him or think he's, when I say dislike, I mean they think he blows too many whistles and I, I agree with that. I, I think with this game, you have two teams, in the, compared to the uh, Scottish game and the South African game where you had really contrasting styles and modes of play compared to Ireland, these teams play really similar games. They love high tempo, fast rugby. They, they love to get the ball to the back. They have aggressive kicking games. They're physical. They're big guys. And both these teams do not like each other. Right. So it is going to be in the smallest of margins in every area. One thing could swing it one way or the other. In particular, though, I mean, I have to say it's the line-out for me. Um, the Irish line-out, we spoke about it last week, was down to 77%. They brought in uh, Ian Henderson and he called the line-out. It was a magnificent display of calling. He he didn't take one line-out. He decoyed every single line-out of the game, which is something the Scots would not have thought of, and I think that his his calling of those lineouts and the and the movement of them 
was back to as good as Paul O'Connell, who was the line-out coach, has done. And I think that will be telling because Ireland love to launch off the line-outs. Will we miss James Ryan in that regard? Because he's the go-to man, isn't he? Yeah, it's it's impossible to not miss him, Eamon. Yes. He's a world-class player. He's been captain of Ireland. And up until last week, um, I, I think we can say this now, he, he's broken a bone, it appears, in his right wrist or his right hand, we're pretty much certain, and it's the player's right to not say this, but we're pretty certain he went into the match last week yeah. with a broken bone in his left hand. Right. So his left wrist, uh, skateboard in his left wrist, we're pretty certain that's the case. That hasn't been confirmed by them, but that's certainly the word on the street and the way his hand was strapped uh, with black tape on his left hand would say that. They brought in Joe McCarthy. You and I have spoken about yes. him before, a giant of a human being, uh, and I, I was – feeling that they were grooming him, who is a very young player with not a lot of experience, to play one of the big games. I thought it would be South Africa. Uh, we even thought he may start against South Africa. A number of us were chatting about this. Uh, uh, Shane Horgan and Rob Rob Carney were talking about this. And we were, were wrong. It was this game. They had him in reserve right. if Ryan was out. So he's a very, very big man. And here's the other thing, Eamon, just for your listeners. We talk about scrums and we talk about the front rows. It's quite often the power generated by the players behind the front row that is a telling telling yes. factor in scrums. And he is going to come on. He's going to come behind Furlong. I believe he'll come in at tight here behind Furlong, and that's going to provide a lot of power coming on there late in the game. We were able to name the same 15 as started the match against Scotland last week, which is an obvious help because there were some injury doubts. Let me ask you something about an incident that I remember and many people will remember in 2007 on the Lions Tour, Brian O'Driscoll was speared into the ground by a New Zealand player. It was a horrible incident. I vividly remember it, and I wasn't following rugby closely in those days, but I did see that game. It's horrible. Has that anything to do with the rivalry, or perhaps more significantly, is that New Zealand's thing? Are they into that shit? Oh, they were. I mean, I remember it was Tana Ramanga, who was New Zealand captain at the time, drove Brian into the ground. Yeah. It's still a point of, of great difference between the two men and people do remember it. Tana says he, he didn't mean it and it was just a legitimate tackle and I, I don't agree I'm on Brian's side with that. And, of course, we put Brian out of the series. He was the captain. He didn't take yeah, any more no, part in the series. You know, for him as, as an individual, it was hugely, hugely disappointing moment in his career. But, um, look, I, I, I go back a long way, being Australian, playing New Zealanders. They have been you know, tough, hard, physical men doing some things they shouldn't have done for a long, really? long, 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 mm. long time. Now, they, the game has cleaned up, I mean, to, to, to the credit of, well, I often criticise world rugby, the game has cleaned up. In the old days, you know, there was a lot of punching, there was a lot of kicking, I'm not proud of this, and there was a lot of bad tackles, a lot of high tackles, and that has gone from the game and so it should. But it was always on. Will um, they target then, Johnny Sexton? I, I think this is – everyone's talking about Joe Schmidt, who's the former Irish coach, is now working yes. he's in New Zealand or working with the New Zealand team. Um, if you look at the stats, Johnny's been forced to make a lot of tackles. He's been brilliant. He's made a lot of tackles. I think that's that's where New Zealand will come. And I think Schmidt will say, look, let's go at him. You know, And that's an old rugby league thing. If you make their best player make 20 tackles, he's pretty tired. Yes. And he, he's not as, he's not as a, uh, efficient in attack. And I think we'll see – a lot of people coming down route one, as we call it, down at the 10, forcing Johnny to make tackles. The difference is Johnny is, you know, 6'3", he's a big guy, he's physical, he's brave, he's got good technique, 
and he can make his tackles. His, his tackle stats are very good. Yeah. But I do think that's, uh, that's going to be the case. Right. Where do you think, if you put to the pin of your collar, Matt, this game is going to be won and lost? In relation to George Mint, for example, it's said that he knows the way Leinster and Ireland play attacking, the intricate you know, passing, running, that he, he knows that, he knows the way we do it, and he, he will set up or help set up New Zealand to block that. And if that's blocked, we're not left with much else. Um, I, I think this is a really uniquely Irish thing, Eamon. I, I'm sitting around, everyone's talking about this. And the Irish team on numerous occasions come out and said, look, it's got nothing to do with it anymore. And I, I think Joe's been out of it that long. Yeah. The game is playing, the, the, the Irish team is playing so differently to right. the way that he played. And this is not being disrespectful to Joe as an excellent coach and knowing his stuff. And he will have an impact on this game as a, as a senior assistant coach to Ian Foster. I just think it's very overstated. Okay. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the example. Michael Checker coached Leinster, coached Ireland, uh, coached Australia, now coaching Argentina. When when Argentina play Australia, we don't say, "Oh well, Checks knows everything about us. This is a problem." Like yeah. it, it's 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 at a certain point it becomes an irrelevance, and I, I think we're at that point. I think it's it's in the Irish people's heads, but I do not believe it's in the Irish team's head. Okay. If I had to say where this game will be won and lost, I can tell you exactly my opinion. That is the breakdown at the tackle. And right. uh, both teams like fast ball. France crucified New Zealand at the breakdown. Right. Absolutely schooled them. That's the loose the ball. That's, that's at the tackle. So yeah. after a scrum and after a line out, they're playing. There's defence There's defense yes. and attack just playing. And um, Simon Oosterby, who's the defensive coach, for uh, Ireland and Paul O'Connell, who's in charge of the contact zone, we call it. What do you do in the tackle? What's your roles? I think they have been absolutely sensational. The improvement in the Irish team from 2019 to now sits really at what we're doing with defence and what we're doing at the right. ruck, at the tackle. Because every tackle is a contest. Yes, That's what makes rugby frustrating, but also makes it beautiful. So every time you come into contact, that ball, yeah, any, you can steal that ball. Right. If you're good enough, and if the opposition, if the ball team carrying the ball don't protect it enough, that's what will happen. And France took New Zealand to school on that. And I, I'm not saying Ireland will take them to school, will we'll crucify them, but that's where it will be won and lost. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, as an Australian, you'd be very familiar with the psyche of New Zealand, Australia, and of course, South Africa. From my kind of limited knowledge, I have a vague impression in my head, Matt, that I'd be happy for you to dispel, so I listened to it in particular, that there's a point at which New Zealanders, if it doesn't go well, might bottle it. it it's, Is that a stupid thing to say? No. It, it, New Zealand at World Cups yeah. for 20 years had a long history of not being able yeah. to get past big certain big games. So they won the first one in 87. And then we used to, uh, we, we called it a curse. Um, as I said, being Australian, I love a little bit of sledging from my <laughs> cricket days. Yeah. And one of the great ones was the great George Gregan uh, in the dying moments of the semi final in 2003 when they were beating New Zealand and New Zealand were out. And he tackled his opposite number, uh, Kelleher, Byron Kelleher. And he looked at him and he held up four fingers and he just said, Four more years, Byron. <laughs> Four more yeah, years. Yeah. 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 And, and now since then, of course, New Zealand have, have won uh, two World Cups. They were absolutely yes. mag- and magnificent in 2015, one of the greatest sides I've ever seen. The, the big thing you can't do with New Zealand is get down on bended knee before the black jersey and call them all blacks and listen to all the rubbish about the jersey, all yeah. the books that are written, all the videos they put out. There's one coming out now about them taking their bags off the, you know, the, a good All Blacks clean change rooms and do, take their bags off, the, off, and they're all, you know, we're wonderful human beings. Face-to-face, they're a bunch of New Zealand mongrels. They just come <laughs> at you. They never stop, and yeah. they're not pleasant, and that's what makes them great. I say that with the most okay. great respect, and, and I, 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 they are an incredible organisation. Australia hasn't beaten them yeah. uh, in 20 years for the Bledisloe Cup. So they're a great side. So the, there, And there is no such thing as a weak side. A weak New Zealand side. This is not a classic all-time great New Zealand side. Right. Compared to the 2015 team, this is a shadow. They have ageing players. They've got some problems in the group. They've lost games, but they are still powerful. But this game is there for Ireland to win like no other quarterfinal in the history of Irish rugby. Right. I just want to ask you a final question about the hacker. It's very serious, isn't it? Yes, it is. Or is it an act? No, no, no. I, 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 or is it a bit of both? Look, it, it, I, I've got to give New Zealand this huge credit for the way they embrace the Maori yes. culture. And yes, this of is, course. And, and this is uh, what they call a, the, the challenge. And the, the, the history of this is really interesting. I sat down with an elder once in, uh, in, um, Dunno, uh, sorry, in Christchurch, and he told me the story that, in, that they would come and perform these harkers in front of them before a battle. And sometimes the opposition would be so intimidated they would walk away, would stop the battle. And 
so this and, and of course when you go to the schools, the whole school comes out in the field and they're playing a game of rugby. The whole school performs a harker, and the opposition team have to accept it and perform their own. It's it's a it's a homage to to the Maori culture, right? And you do have to accept it, and you do have to, you know, that's of part course, of, of yes. part of rugby's culture now. Culture, it's yes. this wonderful yes. thing, but um, there's a, if I can tell you a lovely little story in the old days. The Australians weren't uh, particularly respectful many years ago, and I'm not. I'm not just saying. That there, there was a good friend of mine uh, uh, called Simon Porterman, and he uh, telling the boys in the change room, "Listen, we're going to walk towards this. We're not going to be happy with this. We're going to get into their faces, you know." And of yeah. course, you're not allowed to do that anymore. And uh, there was they all nodded, and there was a big guy, a big six foot nine guy called Steve Cutler in the team, and they all nodded, so they linked arms. And Buck Shelford was the was the uh, Maori. A captain of the side, and the veins are standing out on Buck's neck, and he's forehead and all this, and 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 the Wallabies had marched forward, and uh, Buck bumps into Simon Porterman after the finish of the Harker because they walked forward, and he yes. said, "Whose whose idea was that?" And Simon pointed at Cutler and says, "His." <laughs> and, and during the game, he, Cutler kept saying, "Why are they kicking me? Why are they kicking me?" But but you know that's the way um, yep. it was. But it's not that anymore. You do accept it, and you have to take it. But look. Uh, you know, it's the old saying, you can be right in it up to the national anthem. It's more that what this Irish team has grown into and moved forward with yes. than, than what New Zealand, than the past of New Zealand. This is a this is a real contest. This is a yes. truly great Irish side that have, have an opportunity. Doesn't mean they can win. They will win. Uh, but they, like yes. the last time in 2019, they were not going to win this game. This this time, 2023, they've got a big, big shot at this game. Okay, Matt. Now, let's move on to briefly look at France, South Africa. And I think you think France will beat them. But we mentioned the other day, it's huge because Wales, Argentina, we play the winner of, and England, who can barely beat Fiji. Or you can get a good price, England, to lose to Fiji, believe it or not. Okay. I think for all... Intents and purposes, this is now France, South Africa, New Zealand, Ireland. Yes. What about the France, South Africa match? Huge game. Huge, huge game of uh, truly, truly seismic proportions on Sunday. Um, I, I will tell you that I, I'm in the minority here. Um, everyone tells me South Africa are going to win. The bookies agree with me. Uh, I think France are South Africa's nightmare. Right. Be- because everything South Africa are, France are and better. Yes. They are, France are big. France will pick a 6-2 bench. They haven't announced their team yet, but they will. They are physical. They have a great kicking game. They're phenomenal goal kickers. They have a bench that is better than the South African bench, that is bigger than the South African right. bench. They are more experienced. And they can, South Africa have one way of playing, and when they do it well, it's highly, highly effective. France can stand toe-to-toe and punch it out with you, or they can box, they can drop kick, they can do anything. And they've got Anton Dupont, their yes. talismanic captain, back. Uh, w- what part he plays in this game, um, I-, I will wait to be – I'm doubting Thomas on this. I'll wait to see what he does. But I think that this is more South Africa's nightmare – than, than than it is France, and it'll be obviously at home in Paris. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a huge. Again, it could go either way. These these two quarterfinals. If anyone comes out and says this is definitely what's going to happen, they're lying. No yes. one knows. It's super close. The bookies have it super close, but the bookies do have Ireland 
and France in front with South Africa and New Zealand behind. Just on the Irish fans, the players and the coach have paid enormous tribute to the Irish sport and we know from our own soccer team even, which isn't anything like as great as this Irish rugby team, that the Irish support is real and you can see the responses from Johnny Sexton and the others to them. Will New Zealand have a travelling fan base? Oh, they do. They and do, I, okay. Yeah, yeah they do. There, there's huge numbers of Australians. I got told there was 40,000 Australians uh, travelling. I don't know the exact number Australians of New Zealanders. Australians or New Zealanders? Australia, I know there were 40,000 Australians. Oh, sorry, travelling. sorry. Now, I don't know the exact number of New Zealanders, but you have a massive number of New Zealanders, plus you right. have a, a huge expat uh, population living in the UK. So okay. they, they they will have significant numbers. Many, many okay. Kiwis will have come to France. There will be big numbers there. Um, but I, I know the Irish numbers are just staggering. They've had this booked for, for, for a long, long time. They've believed in it for a long, long time. And the neutrals, every single neutral that has bought a ticket will be, will be supporting the team in green. There's okay. no doubt about that. Just uh, we go briefly to Wales-Argentina, which is on Saturday, and the other game, England versus Fiji. Should Wales beat Argentina? Who are, I saw Argentina early on in the tournament. They were awful. And I was very surprised, and I lost a few bob because I thought, you know, these guys are resilient, they're tough, they're that, and they didn't show up. No, they didn't. I mean, they, they played England, and England had a uh, yeah. man sent off, and they just didn't turn up. They've been poor. And they're, they're one of the greatest disappointments of this uh, tournament for me. Like Australia, Australia were worse, but Argentina, I thought, were going to do much, much more in this uh, in the pool stages, and they didn't. They, they played Japan the other day in a really entertaining game, but you've got to say Japan lost that game through poor defence rather than right. Argentina won it. Um, and Argentina played better. And, and look, they're in the quarterfinals. They've got a good shot. The thing that uh, about what Wales have done under Gatlin, and Gatlin said he'd do this, is make Wales hard to beat. Yeah, I, I was impressed the way they hammered your own country, Australia, a young team, fit, fit, fit. Very fit. Um, and in that game... Dan Bigger, their talismanic 10, went off. He's back for this game. He's been out for the rest of the uh, pool games. He's back this game, which is a big, big plus for them. Uh, like right now on form, on the way Argentina are playing, I think Wales will win that. Let, let me put a caveat on that. Argentina are a far, far better team than Wales. Right. They just haven't been playing to their abilities. They, okay. And, and, and the, word, the word coming out of the, the camp is they're training exceptionally well, but they're not taking what they're doing on the training paddock and transferring it to the game. Right. If they do, Argentina will win that game and win it well. Okay. But right now on what we're seeing, that's that's a, a, um, a very tricky bet to say that. You'd be, you'd be rolling the dice to say that that would be the case. And England, of course, will beat Fiji. Come on, Fiji. Come on, Fiji. Whatever you can – I, I think England will beat Fiji, uh, Eamon. I, I think the bookmakers have it the handicap quite close. Actually, you know, it's uh, it's no gimme, and which I thought it would be a gimme. What's the handicap? Let me just check on my magic machine here. The handicap is England have to give the Fijians eight and a half points. That's really not much, you know, to try in a bit. England have been very ordinary, yeah. very very ordinary. They scraped past. Uh, uh, Samoa the other day, mate. They, they, they have been very, very poor. And 
the thing with the Fijians, they were brilliant in the first two games and then it's like the pressure got to them, the overwhelming realisation that they had beaten uh, Australia, they played exceptionally well against Wales and they were going to go to the quarters. It seemed like they were playing with the world on their shoulders and if Fiji play like that, they can't win. Fijians and that Fijian team will play brilliantly when they feel the world is against them. There is right. nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And if they go, and that could be the case, they've, they've made history, they've got themselves to the quarters, and they might say, well, what have we got to lose now? And if they come out with that mentality, they beat England in the warm-up games at Twickenham there in uh, before the tournament yeah, started yeah. in July. Yeah, okay. So this is a very capable Fiji inside, but they have been playing with a burden of pressure on them. If they can absolutely uh, rid themselves of that pressure, they are, they are capable of winning that game. I'm just not sure that, that that will be the case. I'm not so sure that the enormity of the occasion might get to them because it certainly right. seems to me it's got to them in the last few pool games. Okay, Matt, as always, it's a great pleasure to talk to you and thank you very much for taking us through the quarterfinals. We'll be talking to you on Monday and if money is lost, there will be recriminations. <laughs> <laughs> now, Thanks, Simon. Enjoy it with Virgin Media tomorrow. Everyone is talking about the quality of Virgin's Rugby World Cup coverage and congratulations to all of you. And that's what we'll be watching in this household. But more importantly, let's hope Ireland can do it. It's a huge, huge night for rugby. It's a huge, huge, huge night for Irish rugby. It cannot be overstated. So thanks very much to Matt Williams. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.